Effective Living with Reverend Henry Hubert. May you be blessed as you listen. Now, the message. Lord, you Today we are looking at the third principle of success, and that is wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. All right. In the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 10, says something important that I want all of us to read. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 10. It says, if the axe is dull and one does not sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength. But wisdom brings success. Don't you know what I'm telling? Wisdom will bring you success. Tell him one more time. Say, wisdom will bring you success. The opposite is also true. <laughs> Hello? What's the opposite of wisdom? Foolishness will bring you what? Failure. That is why you must hate foolishness. Say, I hate foolishness. But let's read the whole scripture again. It said, if you are using an axe to cut a tree, and you don't sharpen the edge, you need more strength, and for that matter, more days. So, two people can be given the same size of tree to cut. One will use 10 days, the other will use one day. And what is the difference? Wisdom. The one with no wisdom will take his axe straight, he's going to cut. The one who is wise will say, you take the lead go, but I'm going to sharpen my axe. And when he gets there with a sharp axe, in a short time, results come. So when you have wisdom, you spend less energy to get much results. You spend less time to get more results. The end product is results. But lack of wisdom will make you toil and sweat more and get little results. And the wiser person will toil less. Haven't you seen it in every um, workplace? The people who sweat more earn less, isn't it? And they get annoyed, but nothing can be done about it. The people who sweat less or don't sweat at all, they wear suits and they sit in air-conditioned offices at the top floor. They use lift to go to their office, but they earn more. Because they deserve to earn it. Do you know why? Because they make critical decisions. And one wrong decision can collapse the company. So they need to be so wise in making sure the decisions they make move the company forward and bring more money to the company. The one who is toiling doesn't know how the money comes. And so wisdom is a very important commodity in the school of success. That you cannot afford to ignore it. Amen. Because if you ignore it, you will pay for it. So what is wisdom? What is wisdom? What is wisdom? The dictionary defines wisdom as the ability to use knowledge and experience to make good decisions and judgments. Ability to use knowledge and experience. That is the Webster's English Dictionary. To make good decisions. So the issue about wisdom has to do with decisions. But let's look more at what the Bible says about wisdom. We'll look at it from Jesus' definition. Matthew seven twenty four. Jesus said, Whosoever hears these sayings of mine and will do them, I will liken him to a wise man who builds his house 
on the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on the house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Therefore, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. So, Jesus said, wise people, they hear my teachings. In other words, they acquire knowledge and they put the knowledge into practice. So, wisdom simply from Bible position, wisdom is defined as the correct application of knowledge. The correct application of knowledge. Wisdom is the correct application of knowledge. If you don't have the knowledge, we will excuse you. If you have the knowledge but you don't put it to practice, we have to call you a fool. Hallelujah. It's like you have a prescription from the doctor. The medicine is by your bedside and you are dying. Do you need prayer? No. Most of the problems that we go through are more of wisdom problems than demonic problems. There are more wisdom problems than demonic problems. So, the wiser you are, the less problems you have. And the less you talk about demons. The correct application. So, the emphasis is on the correct application. Sometimes, people get knowledge and they misapply it. And that also is not wisdom. Wisdom is ability to apply the knowledge properly. And we'll come to how you can apply knowledge properly. We'll come to that. The second definition of wisdom is knowing the right step to take that will bring you success. Wisdom is knowing the right step to take. So you see that wisdom is a follow-up on knowledge. Before there will be wisdom, the first has to be what? Knowledge. There can never be a wise man or a wise woman until the first is a knowledgeable man and a knowledgeable woman. Very important. The third definition, wisdom is, I like this one, most. The ability to solve life's problems by the principles of God. Ability to solve life's problems by the principles of God. Every problem has a solution. And the solution is hiding in one principle somewhere in God's word. Every problem, marriage problems, financial problems, health problems, spiritual problems, what else? Every problem, relationship problems, problem with your career, problem with your children, problem with everything. There is a solution to it. But that solution is locked up in a principle. Principles are solutions that God put together into a law. So you want to find a solution, you need to locate which principle deals with this subject matter? Ability to solve life's problems by the principles of God. Let's look quickly at the different kinds of wisdom. First Corinthians 2 says, He said, However, we speak wisdom among those that are mature. So the wiser you get, the more mature you become. It's, maturity is not about age, it's about wisdom. If you are old and still behaving foolish, Young people don't have to respect you or take your advice. We speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age. So Paul is saying, let me caution you. I'm not talking about the wisdom of this age. That means he was trying to differentiate the wisdom of God from another kind of wisdom. Hello? 
All right. Yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. So Paul is describing a particular kind of wisdom that it will come to nothing. It is. It doesn't produce much result. It, it, it doesn't take you far. There is another kind of wisdom, the wisdom of this age. Other Bible versions call it wisdom of this world. The wisdom of this world, Paul said it will come to nothing. It is short-lived. It doesn't take you far. Verse 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom of God, which God ordained before the ages for our glory. So God ordained wisdom for our glory. When you engage God's wisdom, glory comes to you. Shame and disgrace does not come to you. Your life is full of glory. Amen? But this wisdom, Paul said, it is hidden. That is why you probably will meet more foolish people than wise ones. You probably will always meet more foolish people than wise. Because the wisdom of God, it is hidden wisdom. It is what? It is hidden wisdom. Paul said, it's a mystery. It's a mystery. It doesn't make sense to people sometimes. It doesn't make sense sometimes. But it is wisdom. It brings glory. It brings transformation. It solves problems very fast. When the devil was moving the people to kill Jesus, the devil didn't know that the death of Jesus was going to result in his own doom. The devil didn't know that the death of Jesus was going to stop him forever and give you and I power and authority to kick him around anytime we like. If he knew that, he would have left Jesus alone. And that is the wisdom of God. Right, let's look at the four different kinds of wisdom. James chapter 3, 14. He said, but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. James was referring to a particular direction of behavior that was manifesting among Christians in the church. And then verse 15, he began to talk about wisdom. He said, this kind of wisdom, because the people were doing that thinking they were wise. He said, it does not descend from above. It doesn't come from God. But where is it coming from? It is earthly. So the first kind of wisdom is earthly wisdom. Write that down if you are making notes. Earthly, sensual, demonic, earthly wisdom. The second kind of wisdom is sensual wisdom. The third kind of wisdom is demonic wisdom. Back to the scripture. He said, this wisdom does not descend from above, but it is earthly, sensual, demonic. Verse 16. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. You see, every kind of wisdom has its own results. That's what James is saying. Verse 17. But the wisdom that is from above. That is the fourth kind of wisdom. The fourth kind of wisdom is divine wisdom or godly wisdom. He said the wisdom that is from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to learn. Some Bible verses say willing to learn or willing to yield. Full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. So let's look at the four different kinds of wisdom quickly. Four different kinds of wisdom. The first one is earthly wisdom. What is earthly wisdom? Earthly wisdom is worldly wisdom. What do I mean by worldly wisdom? They call it smartness. When I was in secondary school, we used to say that your smartness is your living. You have to be shrewd. You have to be crafty. You have to know how to outwit people fast. Because it's like, if you are a worldly person, you are oriented to think that 
the only way to prosper is to cheat people, outwit people, and outsmart people. The worldly people will tell you, if you are too genuine, you will never go far. So, worldly wisdom is craftiness. And sometimes we bring it to church. Craftiness. Ability to lie without nobody knowing. Ability to commit adultery for 10 years without your wife having a clue once. I mean, not even once did, was she suspicious. I mean, people are so good at it. When, you know, sometimes a neighbor will come and say, Oh, Charlie, this problem, my wife just caught me. Oh, you don't know, you don't, you are, you don't know the trick. Come, I'll teach you. Come. <laughs> then they will school you. That is worldly wisdom. Bible says it will come to nothing. Hello? If you preach your life by worldly wisdom, you will not go far. You will go a little. Things will seem to be going well a little in your business. But before long, worldly wisdom says, when you hold more, then you become rich. When you cheat people, you become rich. Worldly wisdom says, when you are stingy, you are smart. That is why sometimes, even in church, you will meet people. They can have more than you have. They will pocket what they have and do everything to take the little you have. Because they believe that the more you hoard, the richer you get. I'm yet to see such people ever prosper. <laughs> because the Bible says God is not mocked. You can see two friends. One will share everything he has with his friend. The other one, every time, oh, I don't have. Yet he has more. That is worldly wisdom. Craftiness. Cunning. The next kind of wisdom is what? It's in your notes. Tell me. Sensual wisdom. Sensual wisdom is academic wisdom. Wisdom that you get by going to school. Academic wisdom. And that is good. Academic wisdom is good. It's good to go to school. Sensual wisdom is not only what you learn in school, but also what you learn from other people. Either through books, through seminars, conferences, anything that adds more academic knowledge to you. Whether you read it or you were schooled at it is sensual wisdom. Amen. A third kind of wisdom is devilish wisdom, occultic wisdom. That one is not good. And don't let anybody lure into it. These days, a lot of occultism has been brought into the church because the devil has realized that people are not going to the shrine anymore. Education has made people to become modern. So people don't want to go to the shrine anymore. So the devil has repackaged fetish priests and occultists from the shrine and brought them to church. So there are many people who have started churches. The power base is demons. And they operate occultic wisdom. And they tell you to do rituals in church. All manner of practices that is not in the Bible. Fortunately, some of you go to such places. Every kind of wisdom can give you results for a while. Don't mistake the results for the source. Even the shrine. People get results there for a while, isn't it? So the fact that you went somewhere and got some result does not necessarily mean... That where you went is godly. That is why it's important for you as a child of God to know the scriptures. Know the Bible. Jesus said to the disciples, he said, search the scriptures. I've told people, I said, most of you will tell. If you enter a church and the spirit of God is not there, you will know. You will know. The reason why some of you still go is because you are stubborn. It's not like you don't know the thing is not genuine. You know it's not genuine, but you know, you feel like you can't wait anymore. But I'm telling you. 
Only God can give you the best in his own time. If it's not time for you, for you to get the best, you can run around. You can run and run and run. Occultic wisdom, devilish wisdom, that is the wisdom that has its source from demonic powers. You see, witches and occultists, they know what to do for people to die. An occultist can tell you that if you go and pluck this particular leaf and mix it with this and recite this particular charm and do this, as also and so time, and then the, somebody will die. What did they know that from? Occultic wisdom. Every ritual has its source from occultic wisdom. Every ritual. I'm talking about demonic rituals. Occultic wisdom. The last one is divine wisdom. We will see an example of this in Genesis 41. And Pharaoh said, I had a dream and there is no one to preach it. But I have heard it said of you that you can understand a dream and to interpret it. So Joseph answered Pharaoh saying, it is not in me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Amen. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Now why was Joseph saying this? Because other people have come and could not give the interpretation of the dream. And these people were operating other kinds of wisdom. And 17 years, this was the dream Pharaoh had, verse 8. Now it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was what? Troubled. And he sent and called for what? All the magicians in Egypt and all his wise men. And Pharaoh told them his dream, but there was no one who could what? Interpret. So Pharaoh called all his wise men, all his magicians. Magicians had occultic wisdom, isn't it? Yeah. So we go to the, the scripture. Joseph said, God will give Pharaoh an answer of what? Peace. After Joseph has finished the interpretation, listen to what Pharaoh said. We read from verse 38 to 41. And Pharaoh said to his servants, said to his servants, can we find such a man like this? A man in whom the spirit of God is? Pharaoh knew immediately that, hey, this wisdom that is operating here is not coming from occultic sources or from academic knowledge. He knew quickly that this one is coming. Because Joseph himself told him that God is about to give you what magicians could not give you, what your wise men could not give you. God is about to give you. Praise God. So when Joseph finished talking, Pharaoh took over the commentary and said, my God. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as God has showed you all this, there is no one as discerning and as wise like you. In other words, your wisdom is far supreme. And he was not careful to say it in the presence of all his wise men. Verse 40. Verse 40. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne, I will be different from you. He said, this wisdom, I need it in the palace. You don't belong to the prison. You belong to the palace. Wisdom can shift your location. Daniel chapter 5. Let's look at another example of the supremacy of God's wisdom above worldly devilish wisdom. Daniel 5. The king cried aloud to bring in who? Astrologers. Astrologers were people who knew the signs of reading the stars, and using it to make predictions, accurate predictions. Up to now, it's there. Some of you read it in newspapers. There is something higher than that. If you have the Holy Ghost, you don't need that. I beg you. 
Praise God. You can't have the Holy Ghost and be reading those things. Amen. That's one is for unbelievers who don't have the Holy Ghost. That's inferior level of wisdom. Say amen to that. Astrologers, the Chaldeans. Chaldeans were wise people from the east. Wise people from the east. Soothsayers, occultic wisdom, isn't it? Soothsayers are diviners. Either they can read your palm or they can do divination and be able to make predictions. You see, in those days, all the kings had all these people in their palace. So that when complicated issues come, they call for wisdom and guidance. Amen. From all the sources. The academic people will bring their advice. The spiritualists will also bring. They put all together before the king will make a decision. The king spoke saying to this wise man of Babylon, saying, whosoever reads these writings and tells me his interpretation shall be clothed with purple and have a chain of gold around his neck and he shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Now all the king's wise men came, but they could not read the writing or make known to the king his interpretation. Verse 9. The king Belshazzar was greatly troubled. His appearance changed and his laws were astonished. The queen, because of the words of the king and his laws, came to the banquet hall. The queen spoke saying, O king, live forever. Do not let your thoughts trouble you, nor let your countenance change. There is a man in your kingdom, in whom is the spirit of the holy God. The queen came and said, King, all hope is not lost. There is somebody who can help you. He said, and in the days of your father, light and understanding and wisdom like the wisdom of the gods were found in him. And the king Nebuchadnezzar, your father, made him. So this king we are talking about was the son of Nebuchadnezzar. His name was Belshazzar. Your father, the king, made him chief of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers. Your father made him their boss. When you came, you ignored him. That's why you're having problems. When you ignore God's wisdom, you will soon hit the wall. And you won't find your way out. Nebuchadnezzar made Daniel the head of wisdom. Belshazzar came and kicked Daniel out and started suffering. The queen said, go back for him. Verse 12. Inasmuch as an excellent spirit, knowledge, look into the words, understanding, interpreting of dreams, solving of riddles, and explaining, showing of hard sentences, and dissolving doubts. This is not Daniel blowing his trumpet. This is somebody giving commentary about Daniel's wisdom. When you operate the wisdom of God, you operate at a level higher, far higher than worldly wisdom. Let me say this. There are four kinds of wisdom. If you operate by worldly wisdom, you will be complaining when the world is complaining. You will be suffering when the world is suffering. Pursue the wisdom of God. How many promise to do that? God bless you. Let's look at the importance of wisdom. Number one, we've already seen it. Wisdom brings success. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 10. We can never finish talking about success without talking about wisdom. Number two, wisdom brings riches and wealth. Poverty is a result of foolishness. Poverty is not lack of money. Poverty is lack of wisdom. The third importance of wisdom is that wisdom brings long life. Long life. Write that down. The fourth one is safety. (laughs) The wiser you are, the safer you are. 
<laughs> wisdom brings promotion. The wiser you are, the higher you rise. Only wisdom can take you up. Foolishness will bring you down. Wisdom brings promotion. The next one, wisdom guarantees safety, defense, or victory. Victory in battle has nothing to do with strength. It has to do with strategy. And that is wisdom. The last one, wisdom produces great results. I love that. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 3. I've seen people with a lot of privileges. Listen to me. Privilege does not bring success. I've seen people whose parents are rich. They can give them all the support. And yet they are so, oh, so silly. And you can see that they are not going far. Happy is the man who finds what? Wisdom. And the man who gains understanding. You see, they always relate together. Knowledge, understanding, wisdom. They are children of the same father. I think they are triplets born on the same day. Fourteen. Four. Her proceeds. Proceeds of what? Wisdom. Happy is the man who finds wisdom. Her proceeds are better than the profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. That means wisdom is better to trade in than money. It's better to trade for wisdom than to trade for money. Because whatever money you are acquiring with no wisdom, you are going to soon give it out to the wiser person. It is said that if all the world's wealth is shared equally to all the people in the world, nobody will be poor. Everybody will have enough money, at least a million, for himself. But within the space of three months, about 75% of the world's population, they will lose all the money back to only 25%. The people who are wealthy today, they are not wealthy by accident. And the people who are poor today, they are not poor by accident. If you take all the wealth of the world from everybody, and we all start again, the rich people will soon be rich again. And the poor will soon be poor. So wisdom is a commodity that is more precious than money. Wisdom is more important than money. Get wisdom first before you rush after money. That is what God taught me and it has helped me. The time God called me, I saw a lot of colleagues of mine running after money. I pursued knowledge. And today, the difference is showing when you are wise to bring you results soon. And whilst you are at it, don't let anybody make you feel like you are being a fool. That's how worldly people make you think. Sometimes when you are engaging God's wisdom, worldly people start laughing at you as if you are a fool. It's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. Verse 15. He said, she is more precious than rubies. You know what is rubies? Currency. That is the currencies in which, you know, in the Bible days, they didn't have uh, paper currencies. They were in gold, silver, cowries, rubies, and all that. So when you read the Bible, that you should have that understanding. He's talking about money here. She is more precious than money, and all the things you may desire cannot be compared with her. I'm not the one saying it to. I said I'm not the one saying it to. It is Bible. Tell me, tell him, this is Bible. He said, all that you may desire. What do you desire now? Husband, a good wife, money, car, houses. What else? Talk to me. All that you may desire, children, you cannot compare to wisdom. Amen. 
So today I am teaching you what is more than money. What I'm doing today is better than if I come and take my money and I share it to you. Which I'll never do. Even though I love you. Praise God. You know why I'll not do that? Because it won't help you. I keep telling people, when you meet rich people, what you need from them is not their money. It's their wisdom. Because the money, when they give you, it will finish. But do you know what we believe in, charismatic Christians? We only love people who give us money. So that man is good, though. He's very, very good. Oh, Pastor Hubert is good. When you have problems, oh, quick. When you go, quick. So our definition of goodness is limited only to money. So, but you go to somebody, he didn't give you money, but he gave you counsel that can last you a lifetime of success. But, praise God. All that you may desire, children, you cannot compare to wisdom. Amen. So today I am teaching you what is more than money. What I'm doing today is better than if I come and take my money and I share it to you, which I'll never do, even though I love you. Praise God. You know why I'll not do that? Because it won't help you. I keep telling people, when you meet rich people, what you need from them is not their money. It's their wisdom. Because the money, when they give you, it will finish. But do you know what we believe in, charismatic Christians? We only love people who give us money. So that man is good, though. He's very, very good. Oh, Pastor Hubert is good. When you have problems, oh, quick. When you go, quick. So our definition of goodness is limited only to money. So, but you go to somebody, he didn't give you money, but he gave you counsel that can last you a lifetime of success. But, oh, praise God. <laughs> praise God. <laughs> I was telling a pastor, I said, there are many people when they call you father, don't be mistaken. It's not about advice, it's about money. <laughs> so when you start growing, be careful. Many people come to you calling you father, all they want is your money. They don't want your counsel. They don't want your wisdom. That is why they call you father, they behave exactly opposite to you. How can, how, a goat can't give birth to a cat. How can you call somebody your, your father and your, your life is exactly opposite his own? That means you, you are not taking any wisdom from the person. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you see my child, you should know he's my child. If I introduce, I've said this is my child, and he's a white, white boy. Won't you be asking questions like, wait a minute, what's wrong here? <laughs> hey, <laughs> when you see my child, you should know that hey, this is my child. He resembles me. She is more precious than money. Wisdom is more precious than money. Don't you know tell him, wisdom is more precious than money. Verse 16. Length of days are in the left hand. So wisdom brings what? Long life. Length of days are in the left hand and in her right hand is what? Riches and honor. So when you operate wisdom, you are rich and you live long. You won't have struggle with issues like gone too soon. What a shock. Lack of wisdom is what you make you get money. You won't enjoy it. Then you die. Say God forbid. Somebody say God forbid. <laughs> Amen. You will prosper, you will be wealthy, and you will live long. By 90, you will still be dancing around, praising God in the house of God. Amen. And leave inheritance for your, all your grandchildren. Buy, build houses for your grandchildren and do things for them. Verse 17. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are what? Peace. Amen. So wisdom will give you long life. 
will give you riches and will give you success. In the book of Proverbs chapter 4, we'll see that wisdom also brings promotion. Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs 4, verse 7. It said, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. So wisdom, nobody's born with it. Get it. And in all you're getting, get what? <laughs> in all you're getting, get understanding. In other words, don't be boasting about what you read. Tell us what you understand by what you read. Because until you understand, information is useless. That's why he said, wisdom is the principal, is the boss. Amen? All right. Verse 8. Exalt her and she will promote you. Wisdom will promote you. Don't you remember telling wisdom will promote you? She will bring you honor when you embrace her. You cannot operate wisdom and be dancing around disgrace. When you walk in wisdom, you will be an honorable person without being a politician. Without being an MP, you will be honorable. You don't need to win an election to be honorable. Wisdom will make you honorable. Say amen to that. She will bring you honor. Verse 9. She will place on your head an ornament of grace. A crown of glory she will deliver to you. Wisdom. Ah, I like that. She will put a crown of glory. In other words, wisdom will put you in place of leadership and authority. With no title, you command influence. That is wisdom. Wisdom. She will put an ornament of grace on your head. A crown of glory. Verse 10. Hear, O my son, and receive my sins, and the years of your life will be many. Clap for Jesus. I like the Bible. The Bible is the best book in the world. All right. The next scripture we'll read about wisdom is Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Let's go to that. We are still looking at the importance of wisdom. I just wanted to see the scripture references. It says, wisdom is good with an inheritance and profitable to those who see the sun. 12. For wisdom is a defense, as money is also a defense. But the excellence of knowledge is that wisdom gives life. So he said, wisdom is a defense. Money too is a defense, but wisdom is still higher than money. That's all he's saying there. And what, what does defense mean? Safety. Your life will be safe. It also means victory. Victory in any battle, in any challenge, you can assemble the best players in the world and they will not win a match because the strategy by which they played was all flawed. So in a war, the might of an army does not always give victory. You know that. Even in a fight. Even in a fight. I love watching wrestling. Hallelujah. And I like intelligent wrestlers. They are not big. I like one wrestler called Rey Mysterio. You know? Yes, small, but he'll knock you out. Because victory is not always by strength. Don't be deceived always by your strength. Somebody can knock you out before even the fight starts. I watch a fight like that. Before the fight started, oh, the guy... You see, because the guy knew he's, he can't beat this guy by strength. So he beat him by strategy. And in a fight, there is nothing like... How did you beat him? When you didn't watch a match and you want to find out how the match went, what did you ask of? Ah, it's a scores. Did you ask like, who scored? You don't even care. Who won? That's what you are asking. Scores. 3-0 also. Bless God. We have won. 
So the result is more important than the method. Wisdom helps you to obtain victory. Amen. And you pray the wisdom of God, you will not lose any battle. The last one, wisdom brings results. Mark chapter 6. Let's look at Mark chapter 6. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. This is Jesus. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this that is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? What wisdom is this guy operating that mighty things are happening by his hands? So my understanding of that scripture is that wisdom produces mighty works. Wisdom produces great results. If you see a multi-million dollar company, there is a wisdom behind it. It is not accidental. Don't just say he was lucky. No. There is no way you can build any institution, any company, any factory, any business enterprise from the scratch to become great and global without wisdom. There is no way you can do better than your father did if you don't have wisdom. If you don't want to fall where your father fell, you need wisdom. There is no way you can exceed your predecessors unless you have wisdom. If you want to achieve much in life, wisdom is it. What wisdom is this that is given to him? Verse 3 will tell you why they were angry. Because actually, they were annoyed. You know why? Because that was his hometown. And like I said, when, before I started teaching, they saw him playing around. Socks ball, playing around. Is this not the carpenter? Where you start from is not the problem. Do we call him carpenter today? How do we call him? Savior of the world, king of kings, and lord of lords. When you mention his name, every knee bow, even the devil bows. From carpenter to glory, wisdom makes the difference. Put your hands together for Jesus. It doesn't matter where you started. Amen. It doesn't matter where you started. Is this not a carpenter? The son of Mary? You know, there are people who have your profile in your hometown. If you don't know, find out. There are people. They have profile. And they have record of more failures in your family lineage than success. So that when they are talking, they say, oh, that guy, oh, don't mind him. There are things if I tell you about him, you won't even talk to him again. <laughs> He's not the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. And are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended. You understand what I said earlier? They were offended. How to increase wisdom? How do I increase in wisdom? Somebody asked me a question one day. How do I get wisdom? And the Holy Spirit gave me understanding. Once you are born again, you are a wise person. So everyone here who is born again, you already have wisdom. All you need is how to increase it. Because if you are not wise, you will never be born again. Because the whole story about salvation is so weird. They say somebody whom you've never seen 2,000 years ago died far away in a country um, in Western Europe, crucified on a tree, and then when you believe him, you'll be saved. <laughs> Isn't it weird? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. This is one story that doesn't make sense. But it changed my life. And, it's, and the change has not stopped. It's still happening. Amen. 
So, for you to give your life to Jesus, you are a wise person. Haven't you seen many people heard the gospel and laughed? So, don't mind those foolish stuff. <laughs> Paul said the Greeks require a sign. You know, especially when people become a little intellectual. They think that Christianity is, um, is foolishness. Amen. When you speak in tongues, people think, ah, you are mad. You are getting mad. Hallelujah. <laughs> a friend of mine used to, used to say that. Now he's also speaking some. <laughs> because as the tough, as the going got tough, <laughs> he looked at my life and said, no. That he got born again too, speaking in tongues. So when you are born again, you have wisdom. If you are not born again here, you are not wise. And you should be wise quickly now. Let's read Luke 2.52. He said, and Jesus increased in wisdom. So, wisdom is not something that is static. Wisdom must increase. Don't you never tell him, wisdom must increase. Tell him, your wisdom must increase. Okay, I want to say it better. Look at some, your neighbor and tell him, I know you are wise. Because you came to church today. But your wisdom must increase. Amen. It means if you're not coming to church, you are not wise. Praise God. <laughs> Look to me to say, and Jesus increased in wisdom. Five ways you can increase your wisdom. Let's run through them quickly. Number one, pray for more wisdom. Pray. James 1.5. If anyone lack wisdom, let him do what? Ask of God. Who gives how? Liberally. I realize that God is more liberal about wisdom than about money. <laughs> I've not seen anywhere the Bible says God give money liberally. <laughs> because when you have the wisdom, you will not even pray for money. I'm telling you. Why people don't wake up praying for money? They work for it. And money works for them. <laughs> Do you know why God gives wisdom liberally? Because God hates foolishness. God hates to see you unintelligent and unwise. Let me use the word unwise so that I'll be more gentle. God hates to see you unwise. So he gives wisdom liberally. But he doesn't give it to everybody. Read it. God doesn't give wisdom to everybody. He gives it to who? Those who ask. You know why? He wants you to have value for it. And he will give it to you. If you don't value it, he won't dump it on you. If God was just sharing wisdom, in you, everybody would be wise, isn't it? But he gives it to those who value it and ask for it. Everybody close to me, I'll give this advice. I remember when Pastor Bernard came to stay with me. As a church man, I said, Bernard, pray for wisdom and intelligence every day. That's what I do. So I'm prayer, I pray every day. Unless I haven't prayed that day, I'll ask God for wisdom. When I got married, my wife, that's one thing I told her. I said, this is my secret. Pray for wisdom every day. Because you need it more than anything. Solomon asked for wisdom. Did he get it? He got it and even got more. The second way you can increase in wisdom is walk in the fear of God. Proverbs 9 verse 10, it says the fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of wisdom. The third way you can increase in wisdom is be a committed student of scripture. 2 Timothy 3.15 Be a committed student of scripture. 2 Timothy 3.15 and then Psalm 119 verse 98. 2 Timothy 3. 15, he said, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Jesus Christ. Amen. 
the holy scriptures are able to make you what? Wise. Wise. The holy scriptures are able to make you wise. Psalm 119 verse 98. This is David. David said, your commandments have made me what? Wiser than my enemies. If you commit yourself as a student of scripture to study the word of God constantly, you become wiser. There is no book in the world that contains more wisdom than the word of God. That is why God said to Joshua, meditate on it day and night, every day, twice a day. Have time for the word. Have time for the word. He said, you will begin to make your way prosperous and you have good success. You will become a wiser person. Listen to me. The word of God is not an outdated, archaic book that is confusing people and making them burdensome and making their life outmoded. He said, if you want to be modern, don't mind the Bible. That's not true. The Bible is more modern than anybody. The Bible is 100 years ahead of our present time. Bishop Oedipo said, the word of God is a wisdom bank. If you want to cash wisdom, you open your Bible. Hallelujah. You open the Bible and have understanding. The fourth way to increase your wisdom is to become a lifetime learner. It's a lifelong learning experience. Never stop learning. Because when you stop learning, you will start failing in life. Because if all you know now is what you knew five years ago, I'm very sorry to say that you're in big problem. Because the world is changing. Knowledge is changing. I mean, knowledge is changing now about twice in volume every two years. The things that we used to call knowledge yesterday, today, is not becoming relevant. There are certain work experiences that you have yesterday, today. For instance, 15 years ago, you can be a professional typist and make money. Today, if you are still a professional typist, you are completely out of job. You know that? So, the world is moving, knowledge is increasing, knowledge is advancing, and don't let your knowledge end at the last day you left school. Because I dare you go back and check from your former school. You will realize what they taught you has been reviewed. Go back and check. Life is a lifelong learning experience. That is why God told Joshua, meditate on my word day and night. Let it be part of your life. And that is why you must develop certain habits of learning. 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 I'm going to show you very soon four different ways by which we can learn. Alright? Four different ways. But for now, let me say this. Please. Most of you here, one thing you can do that, to yourself that will help you is to know how to invest money into knowledge. Dr. Mike Murdoch said, if you invest more money into clothing than into knowledge, you look smart, but you are not. If you invest more money into your car than into books, some of the average church members today cannot read one book a month. Most of you, you can't read one book a month. And, and that is very, very deadly. It's bad. It's very bad. And if you are here today and you can't read one book a month, I think you should repent. 
Because I tell you, there are simple, simple, simple things that nobody needs to teach you. Just read them. And the books are all over. And they are not expensive. That's what I like about books. You can buy a book for five cities. And the volume of knowledge in it is so fantastic. I sometimes buy books and I say, why should this book cost ten cities? It's, it's too cheap. Because what I found out from there changed my, my teaching ministry for life. And it's just ten cities. I will not buy. We'll buy malt. We'll buy Coca-Cola, which will give you more diabetes. We'll buy Fanta and, 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 and kebab, but we'll not buy books. We'll buy shoes. We'll buy phones. We'll not buy books. One book can change your life. One book. How many of you know Richard Branson? Richard Branson. Virgin group of companies. Over 400 companies that he owns multi-billionaire. He shared his testimony. He traced his success to one book he read. One book. That is why if you are a smart person in this church, you should start a library. And if you are building your house, make allocation for your library and study before you allocate a dining hall. Some of you should change your dining hall into your study. Because that dining hall is not taking you any far. <laughs> how can you eat three times a day and read nothing the whole day now listen food food is good for the stomach knowledge is good for the brain you see our brain needs knowledge to keep actively working if you stop informing the brain it begins to die it begins to lose its intelligence its smartness so the more you read, the sharper your brain, the sharper your cognitive process, and the better your wisdom. Let me leave you there. The last way you can increase in wisdom, associate with wise people. Wow. Isn't that powerful? Associating with wise people. Let's read Proverbs 22, 24 to 25. Is that what? Do not make friendship with who? An angry man. Why? Why? Oh, the reason is there. And with a furious man, do not go. I love the Bible. Oh. 25. Lest you learn his ways and set a snare for your soul. You will by all means learn from people you work with. Association has powerful influence. You can't work with a thief and not become a thief. You can't work with liars and not turn out one. You can't be in the company of gossipers and say, I don't gossip. And the same way, you cannot associate with wise people and not become wise. If you work with wise people, you will be wise. So that is why I say it all the time. Choose your friends deliberately. Amen. Friendship is a deliberate thing you must do. You must look at where you are going first. What are your values and interests? And then he said, I think this one will be good. And then you choose a friend and develop the friendship. That's why I like that guy. Then you become friends. That, that's nonsense. You don't make friends because you like somebody. You may like the wrong person. <laughs> I'm telling you. You can fall in love with the wrong person. That's why you don't marry by falling in love. Oh, that is for another day. Oh, yes. You can fall in love with the wrong person. 
You can fall in love with a crook. Marry him and see. Praise God. That is free advice. Amen. Proverbs 13, verse 20. And then we'll be done with this. All right. He said, He who walks with wise men will be wise, but a companion of fools will be destroyed. There are five different ways by which you can engage in learning. I call it wisdom boosters. Let's look at them. Five. Number one, thinking. Thinking. Number two, reading. Number three, observation. Number four, questions. Sometimes you learn a lot when you ask questions. Either you ask yourself questions or you ask the right people questions. Don't ask the wrong people questions. Because when you ask the wrong people questions, you get wrong answers. Thinking. Everybody say thinking. You can never do well in the school of wisdom without thinking. Let me say this. Have time to think. I said do what? Create time in your weekly schedule. Have time in your weekly schedule because when I teach on personal management, you come to realize that it's more effective to plan your week than your day. Have time in your weekly schedule where you do nothing, but you just sit down and you think. And you are not thinking negative. You are thinking constructive. You think about your business. Think about your finances. Think about your marriage. Think about your children. Think. Because it is in thinking that ideas come. Hello? It is in thinking that solutions come. When you think positively, you allow the brain to become creative. So sometimes you need time to shut everything up. Put everything off. You put radio, TV, everything off. Have time to think. And when you start, it's not easy. When you start, you may be sitting here, your mind will soon travel. Travel to Tamale and then you bring it back. It's not easy when you start, but after some time, it becomes easy for you. After some time, you, you can sit down for an hour and just think about your life. Where am I going? What is happening in my life? What is going on? What can I do to become better than I am doing? How can I improve on this business? How can I? Why is that friend of mine doing well? What is his secret? You make analysis. You, you become analytic in your thinking. Thinking. Everybody say thinking. One day, Isaiah said, Come and let us reason together. God spoke through Isaiah and said, Come and let us reason together. So when you sit down to think, you bring God on the platform for the two of you to think through issues. Reading, I've spoken about that. Buy books and read. Develop the habit of reading. You will learn more, it will surprise you. You will know so much, it will surprise you. You will talk and people will ask you, Where did you learn this from? It's It's out there in a book. It's all around us. It's not there in a book. Observation. Let's read Proverbs 24, 30. And you see how observation is very powerful. I went by the field of a lazy man. And by the vineyard of a man devoid of what? Understanding. (laughs) And there it was, all overgrown with thorns. Its surface was covered with nettles. Its stone was, was broken down. When I saw it, I considered it well. I looked on it. And I received instruction. <laughs> this is Solomon. Solomon said, I just looked at the farm. Looked at it again. And again, again, again. And the farm spoke to me by itself. <laughs> you have to know how to learn a lot by observation. 
It is not everything you need to be taught. It's not everything you need to be taught. There are things you need to learn by just looking. Even people's mistake is a lesson for you not to commit the same. If you can just look at it and not criticize, just look at it and learn and move on by just observation. Proverbs 6 verse 2, he said, Go to the ant. <laughs> I love Solomon. He said, Go to the ant. You will learn a lesson. Can ants teach people, human beings? No, because they can't talk, but they are work will give you information. He said, go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and you will become what? Wise. How? Observation. 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 Amen. The Bible says, wisdom is the principal thing. So get wisdom. In all you're getting, get understanding. Amen. Hope you've been blessed by today's message. You can contact Reverend Hubert on 030-340-7970 or 024-33-11201. Remain blessed.